0: Welcome and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Good morning everyone. Thanks, Pastor Sai. Uh, I'm gonna start right away. 1 Samuel 17:33 to 37 says, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Holy Spirit, would your words flow through me. Let it not be me, but you who speaks this morning. I pray that you would um, encounter us each individually this morning as we study your word in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm pretty sure I've had the chance to meet most of you. But if I haven't, like Pastor Josiah said, my name is Taylor. Today is the Elvram show. Apparently, Alex um, is my husband. Together, we've been here. No, it's been almost four years. Yeah, I know it's crazy. In the fall of 2019, we joined C3 Vernon walking into Elks Lodge. Um, Yeah, I just want to start by saying thank you to Pastor uh, Josiah and Pastor Kimberly for believing me and trusting me with uh, this microphone, because really I could say anything, but I won't, so... Uh, This month, we've been looking at David and Saul. We started our series here in Vernon with Pastor Dave, and he talked about, um, does anyone remember his phrase that he repeated? Keep following the Lord. That was his big one. And last week, Pastor Josiah taught on... Nobody? Nobody? I know. I know you do. God's timing is perfect. Um and when we looked at that was when we looked at the story of Saul's death and David finally becoming king. And today we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. And I'm going to start by being super honest. When I started studying this, it was really hard for me to find something perhaps we don't already know or haven't been told over and over again or wasn't taught in C3 kids or in school. I grew up going to a Christian school. So it was part of our everyday conversation. Or if you didn't, it's become part of culture, David and Goliath. It's the David and Goliath story, the story of the underdog. But I pray that as I've been studying and preparing for this, that m- maybe God has something different and that he has something he wants to speak to each one of us. So if I—if you're taking notes like Pastor Josiah suggested, which I highly encourage you, not because of anything that I'm going to say, but just perhaps something that Holy Spirit wants to say to you. Um, Not everybody is a note taker. Some people are doodlers. Some people are um, really, some people need to record to be able to engage. But I, I am a note taker. I went through, I keep all of my notes. It's my husband's favorite thing. I have a box of all of my journals. And I went through, I'm like, oh, oh, dear. Um, But anyways, moving on. The title of my message is called The Waiting Zone. The Waiting Zone. All right, I'm going to read a bit more of the story of David and Goliath. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 1. So the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Skoa in Judah and Azekah at the, yep, that word. Um, (laughs) Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites face each other on opposite hills with a valley in between them. Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. "'Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. "'Why are you all coming out to fight?' he called. "'I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. "'Choose one man to come down here and fight me. "'If he kills me, then he will be our, then we will be your slaves. "'But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. "'I defy the armies of Israel today. "'Send me a man who will fight me.' "'When Saul and the Israelites heard this, "'they were terrified and deeply shaken.' I'm going to jump down to verse uh, 16. It says, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Um, One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with, uh, with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper and hurried out to the ranks. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunts. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away. Have you seen this giant? He come out each day. And then David asked the soldiers this question. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine running away that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Sorry, it's a lot. But I think it's important to read and understand a bit more of the story. So to recap, Goliath was a giant. He was standing at about nine feet tall. And David would have been a young man. Now, in, back in that day, the average height was about five foot six. So a literal giant to him. Um, Goliath would not have only just been tall, but he would have also been quite strong. David was strong too, just perhaps not in the way that they thought. He was strong Maybe not in the way that you could see in the physical. David was strong in his confidence with God. Earlier in 1 Samuel 16, Samuel finds, is off to find a new king. Saul had disobeyed God, and Samuel was um, asked to go find a a new king for Israel. God had sent Samuel to the house of Jesse, and Jesse presented his sons. Each one appeared... And Samuel said, "Nope, this is not the right one." Je- Jesse and Samuel said, Samuel said to Jesse, "Did you do you have any more sons? Because clearly none of these are going to work." He said, "Well, I've got this young one. He's out in the field." It's like, "Well, go get him. We're not going to eat until he comes." Um, and as soon as David came, the Lord said to Samuel, "This is the one." And um, That, okay. So David stood there among his brothers, it says in verse 13, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. So the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. David had the power of the Lord on his side and he had the strength from his previous battles. It was in the quiet moments of tending to the sheep that he got to learn the art of patience and trust. He'd been given a calling. I mean, if you were here last week, Pastor Josiah was talking about when you get a prophetic word and oftentimes it's not yet. Or you get a calling and it's like, this is what you're going to do. But how do you know if you were handed, if you were given it right away, your character would not be able to sustain you through that calling. If David had been anointed king and then just handed the throne, would he have had, I can't say for sure, but I personally believe he would not have the character to sustain him as king. He needed to build that in the quiet places when no one else was looking. It was in those quiet moments where he learned that God's timing is perfect. I've often heard that the right thing in the wrong time is still the wrong thing. That really doesn't sit well with me sometimes because I like to be in control. I like things a certain way. Yep, But I have learned that I need to give that to God. Looking back at my life, I've, learned, had, I've had to learn patience a few times. Perhaps I've had to learn it my whole life. As my mother sits here, I'm sure she can tell me. As a kid, you've al- you're always waiting for the next big thing, right? Right now, my so my middle child is in Irish dance, and if you know, St. Patrick's Day is a big deal. So he every day is it St. Patrick's Day? Is it, is it St. Patrick's Day? Like, no, but it's February. <laughs> like, or how do you know? How many of you know if you have children? If you're sitting at, they're like school starts in September. Great, is it Christmas tomorrow? Or right now, it's spring break is coming. When can, I, when can swin, when spring break? When's summer? When's my birthday? That's the big one. I know Esme just had her birthday yesterday. And I bet tomorrow she gets, I, oh, so for my next birthday, I wanna do this. <laughs> but how many of us know that it's actually in the waiting for our next thing? that God wants to speak to us. He wants to develop our character to sustain us for that next thing. Another example, perhaps, is uh, you've been... Hmm. I will move on. Joyce Meyer says, patience is not simply the ability to wait... It's how we behave while we're waiting. I'm gonna say it one more time because it needs to resonate in me. Is patience is not simply the ability to wait. It's how we behave while we are waiting. David didn't just sit around waiting for someone to hand him the crown. Although when Pastor Dave was here, he was saying he's a bit of a uh, a teenager possibly a little full of himself. I'm going to be honest, I don't know many 16-year-olds that aren't. Especially ones that have been told they're going to be king. Um, But he had to, he went back to tending the sheep. So he was out in the field, the forgotten one, came back, was anointed, was given the power of the Holy Spirit, and went, back to what he was doing. I think it's so important that when we hear from God or we've been given a word or we've got a new direction, instead of turning, not necessarily to do something completely out of the ordinary, go back. Not going back to a previous life or a previous mistake, but go back. Find a way, find the thing that God is calling you to do to build that character in that secret place. Come back to him in your quiet moments. The lion and the bear were his trials that prepared him for a much bigger battle. Oftentimes, we look at times in our life, perhaps the last four years, and we think, is the waiting over? Can I please be done with this? But I've saved all my money. I want to buy a house. Or I've been faithful in serving. Why has nobody asked me to speak? Because this is terrifying. But if somebody had told me five years ago that I was going to get the opportunity to speak, I would have said, now I'm good. Or I would have said, yeah, let's go but I didn't have the character five years ago to sustain the calling that God has on my life. Isaiah 41, or 40 verse 31 in the message Bible says, but those who wait upon God will get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. So what does the word wait mean? Oxford Dictionary says to hope or watch for something to happen, especially for a long time. But waiting is also an action word. A server waits on a table. I believe that we are asked to be active in the waiting zone. Just like David, we don't sit around and wait for someone to hand us. We go back to our jobs. We get a fresh encounter with God on a Sunday morning. We go... All of a sudden, you're not the pastor. All of a sudden, you're not the worship leader, although you could be. If you can sing, maybe, you know, play an instrument. But how many of you know we got to go back to our ordinary and find God in the mundane waiting zone? Here are a a few practical things because I believe it's important This is one thing that I also want to, before I get there, is something that I heard is if you're still breathing, God's not done working. Right? All right. Now for the practical things. First one. We're going to develop a life of prayer and worship. Take time every day to spend with Holy Spirit. Uh, Last year in the fall, we did a book study by Pastor Phil, who's our global leader and founder, his book on disciple. And if you haven't read it, you can get it on Amazon. It's amazing. Um, And this is what he says. We must have times with the Lord when it's not about anything except him and us, when we can simply breathe together. He can answer all of our prayers but he would rather be more important to us than the answers he can give. Developing a life of prayer of worship isn't just okay God, I'm meeting you, thank you for my food, help me not to get in a car accident which is all important, obviously. But he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear how your day's going. He wants to have a relationship. Second thing is get into a community, somewhere where you can be your true, authentic self, people who can both speak into your life and challenge you to be a better person. If you don't have community, who's going to call you out when your character needs developing? The third thing is to start a gratitude journal. Every day, write five things that happen that you're thankful for. Super simple. It can be like, thank you that I had, like here, I'm super thankful I had the foresight to put gas in my car last night so I didn't have to stop on my way to work and I could sleep in a little more. Or the sun shone through the gray clouds and reflected on the snow and brightened up my kitchen. It doesn't have to be deep. Just take minutes and recall the great things that God has done. It's in the waiting that we develop our character to sustain us for the call that God has for us. Had David been handed the crown or walked up to Goliath the very next day, he wouldn't have been prepared for the battle. And that is that. I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you that you have a great call on each and every one of our lives. God, I pray that you would strengthen our character to sustain us through it. Holy Spirit, would you guide us? Would you walk with us? Thank you, Jesus, that you are good. God, I thank you for the privilege it is to gather together in your house, wherever your house may be. God, I thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. We don't have to do life on our own. And I pray that as we go into our everyday, ordinary lives, that you would be with us, you would be sustaining us. As we wait upon you, Lord, would you give us the strength to carry on? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.